Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to NAPWIC Talks Radio. I'm Jada Williams, your national NAPWIC Radio chair, and happy, happy Wednesday. Thank you for joining us today. Just as you have heard, please, I have to ask you to please follow, like, and share on your different social media platforms that you are hanging out with NAPWIC this morning on NAPWIC Talks. And or head over to our website at www.napweek.org and engage with us. You will also on that website figure out how to become a NAPWIC member. I know you see us in our red shirt. So, yes, you can become a member. And also on that same website you can find additional information about our NAPWIC annual meeting. Yes, it is January. We are into 2021, and it is off and rolling. So, yes, you can meet us in Jacksonville, Florida at the end of the month, January 27th, through the annual meeting, and, of course, our billion-dollar NABWIC, billion-dollar luncheon that you always look forward to every month. Okay. So moving right along this morning, last week we had an amazing show, right? So last week, last week's show, we did a little um, homework prepping for this week's show because today's guest is so amazing, and the information that Miss Kalina Shirley will be giving out is so pertinent and resourceful. So last week, we did a, a little lay out the groundwork, go take your notes and come back this week with all of your questions and energy and engage with us in this conversation this morning. So yes, please don't forget to press 1 on your phone to get in the studio and or drop your comments on Facebook. Yes, connect with us on Facebook our Instagram, you can reach out to us that way, and or send us an email. And the email address is marketing at org because we are the voice of black women in construction. So let's move right along this morning. Um, 
So we have BBIF. And if you remember from last week, we let you know that the acronym is for Black Business Investment Fund. So you will hear us say BBIF probably multiple times this morning throughout the show. So they are the leading minority lending provider. Um, And there are other organizations like this one here. But this one, Black Business Investment Fund, is so dear to our hearts because not only are they out here providing resources and helping business owners, small business owners, minority business owners, they are also NABWIC's national annual annual, one of our annual sponsors um, for our annual meeting. So we would love for you to join us and engage with um, BBIF and Kalina Shirley directly at our annual meeting. But moving along, Ms. Kalina, she is the director, the regional director of the North Florida area, and she is also the interim regional director for our South Florida area. And I get so excited introducing you on the show this morning. Good morning, Kalina. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Great, great. You know I'm your biggest cheerleader. Yes, guys, once again, I have had the opportunity to engage and um, partner up with Ms. Kalina Shirley and BBIF. Um, she actually reached Kalina during one of our member meetings. So, yes, it's also a member benefit now that I'm saying that. Um, I, I take advantage of all my NABWIC red shirt uh, benefits because I, I run around with the flag, and how could I not? So Ms. Kalina directly helps me with my PPP for my small business. So, Ms. Kalina, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and BBIF and how it was that you were able to help me in my situation um, and other small business owners. Sure. Uh, so thank you for the introduction. So happy to be here and be a part of the NABWIC uh, team. Um, so BBIF, as you say, uh, stands for Black Business Investment Fund. Uh, we are uh, very intentional in our name and who our target uh, demographic is. We really want to make sure that uh, we are a beacon call to uh, black-owned businesses and let them know that we are a resource to support them. Um, however, we uh, do not exclusively only offer our services to uh, black businesses. Uh, we um, do not discriminate, and we will um, assist in lending as well as technical assistance uh, to, to any minority group, um, not just um, African Americans. But we certainly want to make sure that um, our target uh, group understood and knew that we were, you know, calling um, to be a resource uh, to a community that generally um, is lacking in resources and doesn't really have um, a, a place to go. And so I just wanted to make sure that I stated that as we are a, a CDFI, which stands for Community Development Financial Institution. And basically what that is is a non-traditional lending um, institution. Uh, so what makes us different is unlike um, banks that are uh, under the FDIC, we fall under the U.S. Department of Treasury, um, and uh, we do not take um, deposits. So we don't hold uh, bank accounts like a traditional bank. Uh, we only do um, small business lending. And so that's uh, why we're considered to be a non-traditional uh, lender and um, fall under a, a slightly different guideline as a financial institution. Um, but we are a F- SBA um, affiliate lender and um, providing resources throughout the state of Florida as we are in um, a statewide organization. 
Um, I myself have been with BBIF uh, since 2019, uh, where I joined the team to open up the North Florida market um, and and have been extremely um, happy in um, being able to do that and the resources that we're able to provide to the community. Um, I currently am assisting in the South Florida market um, as, as we want to continue to have a presence there and, and continue to have a presence there. Um, the, the young lady that was on Blog Talk Radio with me uh, from the show last week that you had on, um, Danielle, she actually got a, a promotion within our organization. We're so proud of her. Um, and so I'm, I'm helping with the lending side for South Florida as well. Um, and so how I was able to help you is just through relationship, which is extremely important um, in this uh, Paycheck Protection Program game, as well as in any lending um, situation, you want to make sure that you have relationship with the people that you're looking to go through these, these uh, processes with um, because it's so important that um, you're able to get the questions you need answered, make sure the particular products are the right uh, fit for you, um, and that you're able to navigate through the entire process, not just the start of a process. And so um, I'm, I'm so happy to be a re resource to uh, the NABWIC family um, and be able to, to, to be here to answer questions or process um, PPP applications if needed. Um, but, but that's how I was able to help you was, was through us knowing each other through the network, network getting to know each other um, in the various meetings, and, um, and then just being a resource. And so um, that's, uh, that's kind of how we, how we got here, I believe. Yes, indeed, and helping, helping navigate that process, whew, amazing. So hats off to you and your team there. You guys are extra um, communicative, communicative, and the extra TLC is always uh, appreciated. So, yes, I know you can feel the energy and the resources in the studio today. So let's just head off so we can give you guys an extra minute or two to get your notebooks and your pen or get ready to press one on your phones. Let's take a quick commercial break and hear some words from our advertisers and then come back and dialogue with Ms. Kalina Shirley, the Regional Director of BBIF. Today's show is brought to you by Ann McNeil, the master builder, building stronger and better lives and businesses. And by PepsiCo Frito-Lay Company, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world. And by J. Perry and Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. If you're joining us online, be sure to visit their websites, which are listed in the online description for this week's show. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages for NABWIC Talks, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 or email blogtalk at nabwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash nabwick. Thank you, and we're back. Yes, we are back with Kalina Shirley, the Regional Director of the Black Business Investment Fund for North Florida and Interim for South Florida this morning in the studios. So before the commercial break, we just started to mention um, the PPPs and what that all stands for. Um, Kalina, where does all this money come from? Um, so that BBIF uh, can be able to assist us. 
in our business. Sure. Uh, good question. So as you've been hearing on TV and other broadcasts, you may hear a lot um, the term CARES Act. Um, and you may hear of uh, Congress, um, you know, passing bills for the stimulus packages and things of that nature. And that's how this funding is flowing down. It's through the federal government. Uh, these funds are flowing down to the SBA. Um, and then the, the SBA is uh, the actual entity that is providing uh, the PPP uh, loan product. And, and PPP stands for Paycheck Protection Program, uh, just to understand the acronyms that we're throwing out here. Um, and that's very important because it's telling you explicitly in the name of the funding uh, what the the intent um, is really shooting for, and that is to provide assistance um, for payroll and, and paychecks. And so uh, this money flows through the SBA, and um, us SBA affiliate lenders, uh, we're basically the processors uh, for the SBA. SBA is not a huge national uh, loan uh, uh uh, lender um, per se, they have affiliate lenders that we actually uh, do all the processing, um, but the funding source and the actual loan is with the SBA um, that is uh, managed through the affiliate lender sources. Okay, okay. And yes, so we heard something about um, with the PPP and these funds. So now we know where the money comes from. How do we get the money? So we heard something about first round and second round. Can you explain the difference between first round and second round, and what does that mean for our, our listeners? Okay, um, so let me let me help on the, the only just a little bit. Um, so there's we're now officially in our third round of funding that's come down um, through this program. But what's different in this round of funding? is a first draw and second draw applicants. And a first draw applicant is basically an applicant who has not been given PPP funding in any of the previous rounds. So this is your first time um, either making application or you made application previously and maybe didn't get in fast enough before the funds ran out or um, didn't have the right supporting documentation so your loan couldn't be processed. So as long as you were uh, not giving a distribution of a PPP loan in any of the previous rounds, you are considered to be a first draw uh, loan um, applicant um, for this round. Second draw uh, loan applicants are applicants that did receive previous rounds of funding. And so you either received it uh, at the very first uh, time the program came out, um, which was the first round, or you received funding um, in the second round that closed uh, in 2020, uh, August of 2020. Um, and so you received funding in one of those two rounds, and now this is your second time wanting to come and apply and get funding um, program. Um, and if, I, if it's okay to expound just a little bit, I'll go ahead and, and, and make the distinctions between the two from what it takes to apply. Um, of course, if you're a first-round applicant, um, all of the, the standard um, criteria, eligibility criteria is still in play. Uh, you have to have been in business um, February 15, 2020, and, and be able to show that uh, you were in business uh, that, that date. Um, additionally, uh, you have to have had less than 500 um, employees. 
Um, but the biggest question I get is what type of businesses are eligible to apply. And, and generally most, if not all, of the listeners that are listening are uh, that are business owners are eligible to apply, and that includes folks that are self-employed or uh, sole providers and even independent contractors. Um, and then, of course, your standard um, uh, businesses, which are LLCs or S-Corps or C-Corps or partnerships, um, are also eligible. Additionally, uh, there's the uh, 501 um, C organizations are eligible. There's there's about six different categories of 501 C um, organizations, and they're all eligible as well, um, including veterans organizations. And so that's kind of just kind of the, the the gamut of who's eligible to apply, and that that applies for both first uh, and second draw um, applications. Um, and that's that's kind of the the set criteria. Um, additionally, it's kind of the set uh, eligibility criteria for what the PPP program can be used for um, is is very particular. And as I was saying, the name of the program really speaks to um, what the intent of the program is is here for, and and that is to assist in funding um, payroll costs. And so, 60% of any of the funds that you get approved for. Uh, 60% have to go to payroll. Uh, but this last round, they did kind of open up some of the additional uh, uh, criteria for what things could be covered. And so you can also pay for things like mortgage interest, um, your rent, utilities, um, worker protection costs that were related to COVID-19, um, any uninsured property damage costs uh, that was caused by looting or vandalism in 2020, and then also certain supplier costs and expenses uh, for operations, and so um, that will apply for first draw and second draw, and I hope that uh, wasn't too much information all at once, but kind of gets you a, a, a good understanding of um, the base criteria. Ms. Shirley, this is Ursula Odom. I, I have a question about the qualifications. Um, last year, uh, a young lady here in the Tampa Bay area, Ms. Rolanda McDuffie, had a really nice explanation that she put on LinkedIn about why people are not getting accepted into loan programs and because they're not reporting enough income to prove that they're in business. Could you elaborate mm-hmm. on that or, or tell us what kinds of criteria similar to something like that, proving that you're a viable business? Um, what are you looking at? Sure. That's, a, that's an awesome statement and question there. Uh, we did run into that with a lot of specifically um, most of the uh, sole proprietors or independent contractors or single-member LLC folks. Um, the biggest issue that we found with the smaller entities was not properly uh, distinguishing business revenue versus personal finances. And so when you co-mingle funds, which is the term that is the legal term is used as co-mingling, when you do not have a separate bank account for your business funds to flow into, that you're then paying yourself out of that business account, paying yourself to a personal account, even if that's only a transfer. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be you, you writing a check from the business, but you have to be able to show that the business is generating revenue or getting um, received, scopes receipts are being received by the business. And then for this particular PPP program, because it's based on your payroll, it's based on what you pay yourself from your business proceeds. And so that's the start point for determining your maximum loan amount as well as your eligibility. 
is do you meet that baseline threshold of one having been in business, generating revenues, and then the ability to from those revenues pay yourself um, a stipend or a set salary um, that was consistently being done um, from from the funding of the business, and that that has been um, by far the biggest hurdle, especially for for minority um, uh, businesses. Because in a lot of ways, we're not taught how to properly be in business. Our focus is generally on how to generate revenue. But all the back office stuff, the accounting, the, uh, the business bank account side of things, um, we generally don't interact with until we're looking for funding. And unfortunately, at the time that you're, you're wanting to go for funding, it's not the time to put that in place because we're looking at a history. And so... Um, most institutions, as with this program, uh, we're looking at your last year or at least your last quarters of revenue to be able to determine certain thresholds for that loan product. Does that answer the question, or do you need a little bit more? It did indeed. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yes, yes, and thank you so much with that, Kalina. So it sounds like you're saying – from the beginning, at that dream in your head, and you take that initiative to go ahead, um, whether you're in Florida, you, you we reach out to SunBiz to start our businesses, and or if you're whatever city you're in, once you start incorporating or filing that paperwork to incorporate your business, go ahead and set up your back office correctly. Though you may not make a dollar today, tomorrow, but when those funds and that revenue does start coming in, you have a accurate, up-to-date paper trail of your business, and you can feel confident and secure that you can reach out to BBIF and the Kalina Shirley's of the world without spazzing out or, or, or jumping off a bridge real quick. So thank you so much for explaining that, Ms. Kalina. Um, my question then would be, so because we got the first um, round and the, the, the groundwork for the Paycheck Protection Program with our last couple of interviews with you, for our members and our listeners that have been in business for a while and they did um, take advantage or did receive the resources the first time everything was going through with the, the COVID um, um, help, um, what do we need to be mindful of going into um, this second round of financial assistance or PPP program? Sure. And I'm, I'm going to piggyback a little bit more on that last question um, to go into. So the main things, uh, as, as those that have gone through the program before, um, the main things that we're looking at under the PPP uh, program to establish what your maximum loan amount can be is your taxes. And so um, the baseline, especially for sole proprietors um, or single-member LLCs, is going to be your 2019 tax returns. And so it's very important um, that by now those those uh, tax returns um, are done and um, you're able to provide that information. Um, alternatively, um, if you are a business that, say, started in 2020 and you don't have 2019 tax returns, you are able to use 2020 even if they're unfiled. And so you would just have to have the information to be able to fill out that 2020 tax return. Of course, you'll have to sign it and affirm that the information you're providing is accurate. Um, but you can use uh, your 2020 uh, filings 
um, as well, especially if uh, there was additional employees you picked up or something of that nature, or if you started business um, in 2020 and uh, meet the February 15th uh, criteria. But as it relates to taxes, uh, the other you know thing that was stopping a lot of folks is that we traditionally um, don't want to pay taxes. Uh, you, we want to figure out everything we can potentially do to um, uh, not have to pay taxes. And unfortunately, depending on how we're doing that, whether we're taking um, credits uh, that don't really impact your your gross receipts uh, or deductions, we have to be careful that you're not um, claiming so much loss that you're then considered to be insolvent or not revenue producing. And so um, everything about this program and most lending programs is all going to come down to um, your gross revenue. And so you want to be careful that as you're reporting on your taxes, the revenue that you are receiving that you're not saying that you have, you know, you brought in $60,000 in revenue, but you had $80,000 in expenses. Well, now you're upside down $80,000. And where that helps you in not um, having to pay a lot of taxes, uh, per se, it hurts you in a program like this because what we're looking at, especially if you're a sole proprietor or single member LLC, the, the calculations are made specifically off of your IRS forms and a specific box that we have to go to, and if that number is negative, then you do not have um, what's necessary to be able to move forward with a loan. Um, and so that, that hurts you on the tax side. And I know it's a little deeper than we wanted to go um, potentially, but I just wanted to make sure folks understood that what's being reported, reported on taxes is important um, from a revenue standpoint because that's what's going to help decide what your maximum amount is going to be. Um, unless you're that's filing called 940 or employee um, uh, payment captures for, um, then then it, it doesn't hurt you as much. But if you're if you're doing a, a 1040 with a Schedule C, you definitely want to pay attention to your taxes. Yes, indeed, and it screams music to my ear, Ben, that this is primetime tax season. <laughs> And I'm a tax consultant in one of my businesses, and that's what we scream, my team, to our clients. We we try to educate them so they can know, and that's, that's our basic question is, which you have to take a choice. You have to choose. You're going to show your money, pay your pay your taxes, or, you, you know, you, you just have to choose. So everybody knows what that picture looks like. And, yes, thank you for touching that because um, it always sounds or hits home a little differently when you hear it from someone like yourself outside of your accountant or your CPA that's assisting you with your business um, finances. So, Kamina, thank you for bringing that up on the taxes. It's very, very important um, how we handle our business tax. And, of course, like you mentioned before, the intermingling of our purse. You haven't um, caught any tea this morning on your notepads, I know that those should be three things that you have written down to kind of sort of just go back and check mark, make sure all of that is good and set up strong. And even if you have been in business for a while, it never hurts to go back and revise and look at how you have your back end set up and how you are doing your taxes correctly. Um, so thank you for that, Ms. Kalina. And before we dive too deep, and I know we have some people in the studio and um, on Facebook that's trying to get their questions to you, Ms. 
back and dialogue more with you on BBIF, assisting with these TPP um, second rounds. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Yes, indeed, and we are back with Kalina Shirley, the Regional Director over at BCIF, which is the Black Business Investment Fund that is the leading minority um, lending provider. Um, in our area, and I would advise you to reach out and find a BBIF in your own area to assist you with your business. Okay, so moving right along, Ms. Kalina, um, what have been, because I know this just started, so what has been, well, just started, let me make myself clear, just started with the, the second round and everything opening back up since the new year, what has been some of the challenges, if you have had any, um, best yet that you're hearing from some of your clients and how are you assisting them to avoid those challenges um, the next time or how can we help our audience? Sure. Um, so the some of the biggest challenges, and it just started uh, uh, really, really opened up last week and then um, it, uh, this week, Tuesday, uh, kind of opened up to the, the the masses to really start getting their their um, applications in. So we're really fairly fairly new uh, in this round, or fairly early in this round, rather. Um, and I would like to speak to that real sec, uh, real quick. While there's not going to be the run out of funds uh, that happened in the first round, um, folks may recall the first time they rolled out this program, funding was gone in like the first seven days, uh, which is why they came back with the you know, additional round, and now this is the third round of funding. Um, and specifically, um, there is the uh, understanding that small businesses were left out previously. And so there's been um, many measures um, taken to ensure that uh, small business have the opportunity to get in this time. Um, and while it's not going to be the dash run on money like it was before, there's going to be time to vet and get through the process, especially if you're going through a CDFI like us, or a, um, a MDI, which is a minority deposit, uh, depository institution, or your credit unions and some of the smaller banks, um, there's going to be time to get you through the process. However, I want everyone to understand that that does not mean drag your feet, uh, that that does mean get your stuff together and um, be, be uh, you know, able to start the process because there is a deadline. And um, 
all applications have to be submitted to SBA um, by March 31st of 2021. And so we do have, um, you know, a small period of time here to be able to get folks in. Um, some institutions are stopping their their um, period a little bit ahead of that to try and process through all their applications. So I, um, I just wanted people to know that there is a deadline. Um, some of the things that are uh, have been concerning um, for first-time applicants that maybe this is the first time actually getting an application in is really trying to understand um, what's necessary to apply um, and what use of the funds can go to. And as I was saying before, 60% of the proceeds that you get have to go to payroll. Um, and then um, and that needs to be first. And then those ancillary other things that, that are eligible can be used for the remaining 40%. Um, additionally, this go-round, um, there's this eight-week, 24-week coverage period where in the first round there was only an eight-week and the second round it opened up to a 24. Basically what this means is that you have a, uh, at eight weeks is, is the minimum amount of time um, that you'll have to use the funds, and the maximum amount of time you have to use the funds is a 24-week uh, period of time. And so as long as you're using the funds between that eight and 24 weeks, um, you're, you're eligible to have those funds um, forgiven. And that's the great part of this program is that uh, if you get funding, if you're documenting um, the use of the funding uh, ad adequately, um, you have the potential to have this um, this loan forgiven. And I have to say potential because it's not it's not just a given. Um, there is uh, documentation and things that you'll have to submit, but they are making it easier and easier to be able to process those forgiveness applications. And so. Um, First-round folks have their own application, um, and um, it, it's basically walking them through. Um, and you can get all, all the information that I'm speaking to, not just through a lender. You can go to www.sba.gov backslash PPP. That's uh, sba.gov backslash PPP. And you can find all of the forms. You can find all of the details of the program and information directly from the SBA. And I wanted to give that information because uh, a lot of our first-time folks have been on a lot of YouTube channels or a lot of various um, outlets that are giving information. And unfortunately, everyone's information is not good information. And so um, I'm going to take it to the source type of person. While I'm a great resource, I'm always going to bring you back to SBA's documents um, because that is, that's the textbook of how this program is being run. And you need to understand from the people that's, you know, reviewing your documents um, what their expectations are of you as an applicant. And I say that as well because on the form, it's asking you to self-certify a lot of things as it relates to your need for this loan and that the information being provided is accurate. So you want to make sure that you have an understanding of the terms and what you're signing up for and not just jump at uh, a funding source because uh, it's accessible. And so that's been kind of the hurdle for first-time folks is really understanding the program parameters and what's going to be required, um, the documentation that you'll have to be consistently uh, tracking, which is primarily your payroll costs and then those other ancillary um, costs as you go along the way. You will be um, asked to provide that documentation to be able to apply for forgiveness. So that's usually the hurdle uh, of just understanding for first-round folks. Our second-time applicants um, are in a different uh, lane uh, because they understand that process. They probably more than likely have already at this point used all their funds. 
um, from their last disbursement, and uh, most have applied for forgiveness already. So they've already contacted their lender and started to get that paperwork in. Um, and that's important because for second-round eligibility, um, to be eligible for second round, you have to have used or will have used all of your proceeds from the last round of funding um, prior to uh, you making application or, or getting disbursement of the second round, actually. You can make application, but before those funds can be dispersed, all of the funds from the first round have to be used. And so most lenders um, are taking uh, the route of asking you, have you already applied for forgiveness? Um, and that's their way of, of knowing that you've used all your funds. Um, secondly, in the sec if you're a second round um, draw um, applicant, you have a, a greater threshold that you're having to show um, that you have a need for these funds and that you have to demonstrate that at least 25% of your revenue um, has been reduced uh, due to COVID uh, or this time frame. And um, that's by looking at your gross receipts between comparable quarters or uh, between annual years between 2019 and 2020. So I'll, I'll, I'll explain that just a little bit because that's very important that people understand. If you're going for a second draw of funding, one, you have to have used all of the funds from your previous uh, funding prior to these funds can be dispersed. And, and one thing I did leave out in that is that um, the funding that was used had to be only for authorized uses. So if for some reason you didn't use your money for payroll, um, 60%, and um, only used, you know, for 20%, you will not be eligible for another round of uh, funding if you didn't use those funds appropriately the first time. Um, secondly, um, the 25% reduction in gross receipts. And what that means is that you're going to have to demonstrate uh, that you had a reduction in revenue of at least 25% in comparable quarters. So if your biggest impact to your business was in quarter three of 2020 and quarter three of 2019, you made a little bit more, that's the quarter you're going to want to use to show that you had that reduction. If you didn't have a quarter-to-quarter -quarter comparison um, or if you're a sole proprietor um, or single-member LLC, you're using an annualized. You're looking at your total receipts over 2019, which is reported by way of your taxes, and then the total receipts, uh, gross receipts of 2020, which is also on, from your taxes, and we're comparing those two numbers to say that you had a reduction um, in revenue of at least 25%. So I'll pause there because there may be some questions. Yes, I know there has to be some questions because that was a wealth of knowledge and resources, and you actually enlightened me with some new things that I was not aware of for the second round, guys. So, yes, we need to, if you have went through this before, as Ms. Kalina has explained, you really need to go ahead, in my terms, I would say um, close out or make sure you have that paperwork done on that first set of funds that you receive so you can feel comfortable and confident with going out and reaching out for more um, resources this second round. So everyone, um, please be a good steward of your business and your paperwork um, so you can have joy when working with uh, Ms. Kalina Shirley. So, Kalina, I know I usually uh, wrap up the show or towards the end of the show, I ask all of our, our guests, 
what books they are reading, but I feel kind of so bad because I know from my conversations that you have been redlining 80-page <laughs> documents <laughs> and all of this stuff, staying up late, um, making sure that you are informed and know your information and you have expert knowledge and also being an early riser. But I just have to ask, what book or what passages are you reading to keep yourself motivated, energized, or whatever it is right now uh, in your life? Um, so the the one thing that I, I get to do for myself from time to time on a weekend here or there um, is is continue to read my Think and Grow Rich book uh, by Napoleon Hill. Um, it has been instrumental in kind of just helping me with my mindset and, and being able to approach all these things that were involved in, all these changing times and, and kind of looking forward. Um, and then on a daily basis, I, I do my best to uh, take practice in the self-confidence formula, which is also by Napoleon Hill. It just kind of sets uh, the, the, the temperature for the day, sets your mindset for the day. Um, and so that's that's usually kind of my my um, my only things that I'm able to kind of tap into, and I make it uh, a personal uh, mission to try and tap into those on a regular basis. Um, and so that's kind of the things I do for myself. And then just overall, just from the conversation today, I want folks to know that there there is a lot of information we talked about today. I try to keep things uh, kind of higher level to hit as much people as possible. There are definitely um, other regulations, other things to consider, and I would just say to make sure that you're going to a knowledgeable source that is affiliated with SBA uh, in getting your information. And, of course, BBIF will always be here uh, to assist um, and be a resource to um, the NABWIC community as well. And uh, we're, we service primarily the state of Florida. Yes, and you know you said music to our ears when you said Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Um, so I know that you are steadfast on your journey and in this time of assisting everyone with this PPP. Um, and in that first chapter um, of Think and Grow Rich, it says something about it is the time of the dreamers and all of that stuff. So, hey, guys, Think and Grow Rich uh, still has principles written in it years ago that it can apply to today, and you can have your dreams in your business if you just manifest it and work it directly with that back end and connect with people such as Miss Kalina Shirley and BBIF, which I know is a bell ringer for Ann McNeil. Let's check and see if our master builder, our founder of NAPWIC herself, is available in the studio this morning because I know she has to be jumping off of her seat. Good morning, Jada. She, yeah, she's she's not with us this morning. She was earlier, but she had to um, another engagement. Well, thank you so much. You can see we're all over it, all over it here in the studio every Wednesday morning for you guys. We love our words of wisdom from the master builder herself. So we will catch her words of wisdom next Wednesday. But um, until then, Kalina, how can our listeners, our members? And our guests, um, get in contact with you. Sure. Is it okay um, if they reach can... out to you? Yes, that's definitely 100%. You can reach out to me. Um, I'm definitely uh, a resource here for our NABWIC community. Um, you can research uh, or, or get to uh, 
BBIF just in general at www.bbifflorida.com. Um, and, um, and and we have a direct link to our PPP information on our website. Uh, you can reach me uh, specifically via email at cshirley, that's C-S-H-I-R-L-E-Y, at bbif.com. That's cshirley at bbif.com. And uh, just because we're experiencing such a high volume of calls right now, Email is the best way to get in touch with me, um, and my information is also on the NABWIC uh, membership portal. Yes, indeed. She's already giving you another tidbit. Just go look her up on the org website. That's www.nabwic.org website. All of her information is listed there. She's just giving you her direct email Information for BBIF, it is a super busy season over there, and the best way to reach out is to email. And, again, Kalina Shirley, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being an amazing NABWIC sister and also an amazing, amazing, amazing vessel um, in this entrepreneurship journey and being a leader over at BBIF as the regional director and coming on the show this morning sharing so much information that we really, really needed to hear in your busy schedule. It's definitely been a pleasure, and I'm going to actually also leave some information behind to the Education Committee um, so that there's some resources uh, on the portal as well. So it's been a pleasure this morning, and thank you, everyone, for, for joining us. Yes, indeed. Thank you again. And as she just said, we will um, move over a lot of this information and resources to our NAPWIC Education National Committee. So, listeners, if you are not familiar with that last tidbit that she said, yes, we have a committee for everything in NAPWIC. So you would want to tap into your NAPWIC benefits. We make sure that we are the voice of black women in construction, bringing you all the resources and materials you need to be successful in your business and in your life. Thank you for joining us this Wednesday morning, and you already know you can catch us every Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. Until next Wednesday, have a beautiful day. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.